Hello everyone, welcome to Pick That One Out, a weekly podcast trying to pick out the fun left in football. Episode 8 follows another week chock full of football. Who better to review it all with than my good friend Will Varney. Will, how are you doing mate? <laughs> I'm very well Jack, thank you very much. Um, thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast so far. Episode 8, um, wow they're sort of flying by aren't they Jack? Uh, this it's, a, it's a long one, long one. It is, yeah, wow. And um, no, uh, we had some... Uh, would, would we say thrilling football this weekend? I'm not so sure. Um, but we'll try and make it as amusing as possible. And uh, actually, yeah, try and find some fun mm. in a slightly dull weekend of fixtures. Yeah, we've got to pull the pull our sleeves up here. This is... Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. This is the work. This is our work. Um, Breakfast Club will... Yeah. Decent one last week with the old bacon sarnie. I've heard you've it had was. some issues this morning, though. Is that I mean let let the viewers know what's been what's been going on? Yeah, technical issues um, with uh, episode eight Breakfast Club. Um, so today, look, I've got work coming up in a bit. I wanted to have something that I was going to enjoy. So we've stepped away once again from the status quo, away from what we know, but we're back with something I like. So I feel like we could. We could be high up in the rankings today with this one, Jack. And I did mention, yes, yeah, some technical issues in the Bake Off uh, tent. And it was to do with the toaster. The toaster, for some reason, didn't want to work, mm. um, which is a real concern because I do love toast. But was today it switched it's not on? toast. Switched on at the mains? It was switched on at the mains. Uh, always plug check. in, switch on. Just wasn't having any of it, um, which is a real problem now. Um, and one that I'm going to have to discuss with the house, whether it's going to be a... Uh, new toaster for my upcoming Ooh. birthday. Oh, nice. But today we haven't gone with toast in the toaster. I was actually trying to toast some crumpets. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And I do, I have to say, I absolutely love a crumpet. And I don't know anyone who doesn't. And I would be shocked if I met somebody who did. Um, I, today, this is the controversial part, Jack. It's love it or hate it yeah. on a crumpet. It's Marmite. It's Marmite crumpets, Jack. And this is the key for me here. I'm just going to show you. Now, be careful. I'm, yeah, okay. Here we go. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I'm not a big butter man. Okay. I'm not. So I always like a thin spread of margarine, just a thin spread. And I will only ever have it with Marmite, nothing else. Um, it's a no for butter um, from me. But the key part is the Marmite. And as long as it's a nice hot crumpet. So in the end, I did have to take the risk of grilling in the oven. Hmm. I was wondering how you were going to get around this. It was a gamble. It was a gamble. And do you know what? I was pleasantly surprised. I ended up um, having a uh, thorough chat um, with my housemate at the time as they were cook, tr- attempting to cook along, um, <laughs> talking about sort of, you know, um, the the big, uh, the big stuff going on tonight. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. It's not Chelsea Everton. It was Harry and Meghan's interview. Mm. But... This is the key part. It did provide a very nice distraction as as I looked in the oven once again, they were nicely toasted. So now I'm looking forward to tucking into these, I have to say. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm fine with Marmite. You know, I'll have Marmite from time to time on the toast. Never, had, I've never had Marmite on a crumpet though, which Whoa, is interesting. Well, look, I mean, I'll wait yourself. for the review. Wait for the review uh, at the end of the show, as, as will everyone else. And we'll see um, well, I'll tell if, you that's what, on, if, that, you... if that's on future agenda. When you get into the editing, Jack, of this episode, treat yourself. Try it out. See what you think. I don't think I have I any crumpets or Marmite in the house. Oh, so. 
bloody uh, not worth no, that the trek. Well, maybe that could we'll be maybe trouble. Review it in a future episode. My review to your review. Jack joins the Breakfast Club. That could wow. be an interesting episode. Wow, that's huge. That's over <laughs> don't blow my mind. That's, that's, it's too early in the episode for that's this. That's too far. That's like a sort of I don't know, tenth, fifteenth, hundredth episode special. Who knows? <laughs> Speaking of special, Prem Roundup. Uh, yes. Special in terms of rarity of, uh, of some upsets that came our way, starting with the Mank Derby, Manchester City nil, Manchester United 2. The pick that one out, uh, curse strikes yet again. Yet last week we were talking about how United aren't really playing in the top six games, settling for yep. the draws. Uh, they go all out attack for the first minute, grab a penalty, uh, played. One of the best performances I've seen from United this season, I would say, uh, from front to back at the Etihad yesterday. Three wins at the Etihad now in a row for Oli. Does he have Pep's number? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I mean, look, that curse struck again. I was there last week going, I, Man City each week, they're just you know palming teams off. Who is going to end this 21-win streak? And, of course, it had to happen in the Manchester derby of all games. And, look, I mean, I, w- I don't know. I wouldn't say that um, Ollie's got Pep's number. I mean, look, a worst possible start. What is it, second minute in? And Gabriel Hayes, what's he doing? Why, why on earth are you trying to tackle in your own box? You're a striker. You shouldn't even be there. Just, like, don't even take the chance. And, I mean, this is the thing. Once you make a mistake like that, Bruno, the stat pad, is going to put the pen away. Oh. And and then it's game on. But I mean, you have to say, as impressive, you know, Man City didn't look like they sort of lacked opportunities. I know they had that one with Sterling towards the end of the game where, I mean, he should have finished it. But already by that point, two goals down, Luke Shaw's bags one, and then you know something crazy's going on at the Etihad. But I mean, look, I have to say, do I, this has been the case all season, hasn't it? You know, you, you keep writing, you write off Manchester United, then they come back and I mean this is the thing they had what three goalless draws on the bounce mm. and then all of a sudden they're picking up a result against um, Man City at the Etihad and I suppose what you have to look at is maybe is that because it's a derby game and so much rests on it and you know gearing yourself up for that it's a strange one isn't it but I think I think in terms of Manchester City I think I, I would say that we both agree that they are the sort of champions elect wouldn't you say I mean I, I think Pepper's always said since this run was continuing, there is a point where they're going to sort of peter off. It's going to falter, peter off. The run will end, but it's all about what happens at the end of the season. I still think they're way too strong for the rest of the league. And but no, in terms of Manchester United, once again, it does make it interesting, isn't it? People are saying, oh, you know, challenging City for the title. Well, I don't think they are, but you know, you see some people saying, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the wrong man for the job. It's hard, isn't it, to say that right now. Because with this Manchester United team, are they as strong as Man City? Do they deserve to be title winners? No. But I still think at the same time, you know, they've with the squad that they've had, there were a lot of concerns over, say, Edison Cavani when he was brought in. Is you know, is is he really a leading frontman? I think there's still ways that they can strengthen, but I don't think you can really argue at the moment that, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer maybe does deserve some praise as hard as that's to say <laughs> personally. Well, that is quite interesting because I, I was thinking I was, I was thinking about United since Solly took over and they've not necessarily uh, completely underperformed in the league. They're, they're getting Europe. They got was it, third place last season. They look in a strong position to fight for mm-hmm. at least a third or second again this season. 
The performances are fine. I think Oli deserves praise for that. He definitely doesn't deserve the sack, I don't think, at all. No. The issue is I don't really see much progress from season to season. Mm. And and that's one of, of how long term this could be. The the case will have to come whether a big shot of uh, confidence and morale will come into this team or a massive signing. I think one of them I th- has to happen I, for, I for them to I think it's got to be up. a big signing. I think it's got to be a big signing, Jack, because, I mean, if you look at it, they sold Lukaku and didn't replace him, really. They brought in Edinson Cavani, who, and like I said, people weren't expecting him to really be the leading man. He was going to be, people thought he might be a panic buy. He would just be coming off the bench. They didn't replace Lukaku. We've seen that anti-Martial Martial at times this season. He's come in for a lot of criticism, doesn't look interested. Is he really a front man for United? You've had Mason, you know, you've had the likes of Mason Greenwood, Rashford. Are they really, are they leading strikers? I think it's the striker position which is going to be key for them in the summer. And I think once once they fill that role, you've got Bruno Fernandes and, you know, he's come in and he's almost been their ever-reliant player in the side who's performed who's been performing for them there's been questions over where he's when he's doing it against the top 6 but still week after week people are saying you know he's going to be their go-to man i think they need a striker in the summer and i think then next season they they lack the squad depth for me personally of man city that's why i don't think they're in that same bracket at the minute even though they beat them they don't have that depth of squad where you can go wow yeah he can just easily slot in for him you know when you're saying you know not to be harsh, but when you're going, Dan James, you know, filling in, is he really, you know, he's not Bernardo Silva coming off the bench, is he? You know, so I think that's that's going to be the key one in the summer. And then I think next season, we'll really see if Ollie's up to it. Yeah, you mentioned Martial, they're very frustrating season for, for him this year. Cavani's pretty much taken his place for a lot of it. Uh, fitness ways for him meant he came in yesterday. And I think he had a fantastic game, to be honest. Um, I think going never yeah. gave him another match. I think him... Uh, Dean Henderson in goal I think deserves a shout he had a good game himself and he has had a good run of games since coming into the first team what do you think happens with that Jack out of interest with Dean Henderson we obviously know you know David De Gea has been out because um, he's had a child you know it's it's one of those where he's stepped in you know a couple of clean sheets as well and how long do United do you think leave it before they you know bring Henderson in as their starting number one over De Gea well this is the decision now for Oli I feel like if De Gea comes back and immediately regains his place and Henderson's canned right back to the bench, mm. I think it could be curtains for him at United. And I think multiple teams could be in for him in the summer. Because I, I think... was surprised when he signed a new deal. I was surprised when he yeah. signed a deal in the summer. I thought after Chef he would be gone, really. Yeah, I, I mean, the I, I thought the same. I thought Chef should have uh, tried everything to go again. I'm sure they did, to be honest. I'm, I'm sure they did. Uh, do that but United vouch for him they clearly see him as the future number one but I think Oli has to make that decision soon don't think David De Gea is the same man he once was and I think if you're going to invest into that future you've got to show confidence in him and and he's he's reaping rewards in that first team already like I said it, he's had a said, great yeah, it's not like he's performing is he it's not like he's not performing so yeah also and you mentioned uh, Luke Shaw there in, in a slightly yeah. uh off kilter way uh, after yeah. his goal he, he, he was another one that had a fantastic game um, is this a hot take that he is potentially in line for my team of the season um, I I don't think I, I wouldn't say that's very far off at all I mean you look, you're looking at left backs performing this season 
Um, I, I can't you think, think of consistency. Of, you know, there isn't. Too I think. Many I, I think, especially in the last yet. month, he's been. Yeah. I think, in the, especially in the last month, it's sort of gathered attention of how well he's been performing. It's painful for me because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Ben Chilwell all the way. I'm a Benny <laughs> C man. But you know, now you know, there's talk of you know, will Chilwell even go to the Euros? You know, if he's sort of in and out of the side, and you know, Luke Shaw with his consistency, you have to say he's he's, he's going to probably be on the plane unless he picks up an injury somehow. But um, no, I, I think that's, I, I wouldn't say that's far off at all. I'm, you know, in terms of left backs and around the league, you're struggling to say any sort well, of performance I think without when you, doing. When you think about in the summer as well, coming into the transfer window, they signed Alex Tellez. Everyone thinking that's yep. a straight up replacement. Tellez is going to get the, the first team nod. Barely had a sniff because of how good Shaw's been uh, when the pressure's been been put to him. And fair play to him. He's, been, he's had a career... It's kind of been ruined with injuries. Every time he gets a good run of form, he does get a big injury that sets him back. Well, when but, he was at Southampton, he was so highly yeah. sort of touted, and that was when it became the choice of. I remember it was between sort of Chelsea and United, yeah. sort of going for him at that time. He goes to United, and you know everyone was so sort of eager with anticipation to see him. Um, you know, be sort of the new starting left back for United. And yeah, you're right, it's sort of stuttered. And I think maybe that Alex Teller signing, you know, I know he stuttered under Mourinho as well and there was a whole fallout, was he going to leave? But bringing Alex Tellers in, I feel it's almost been sort of that kick up the backside he needed. You know, Alex Tellers is no sort of bit part player. He wasn't going to be there for squad depth. I think you're right, he was there to be the number one. And Luke Shaw said, nah, my spot, mate, jog on. And a fair play, a fair play to him, he's performed really well and... You know, again, picking up a goal yesterday is one of the unlikeliest scorers on the pitch, I'd have to say. Mm. Uh, so Manchester had their uh, fair share of the headlines yesterday, but we're back to Anfield. Uh, last <laughs> week, we, last week I was tentative in giving Liverpool praise because I said they beat Sheffield United 2-0, but we've seen where they've been in the last few weeks. I'm going to hold off on claiming their back. Finally... We had the uh, foresight to do that, as it's another horror week for, for Jurgen Klopp. Back-to-back, 1-0 home losses yet again, this time to Chelsea midweek and Fulham uh, on Sunday. Klopp yeah. rotated yesterday. It shows that Champions League is now predominantly on his mind. Uh, but 12 league games into 2021, Liverpool have won three of them. It's crisis talk right now. It has to be. Uh, oh, it has. To, I mean, it has to be. But that the home form is the the most shocking part of it, Jack. That long run they went on and beaten at Anfield, and all of a sudden you're looking at the losses that they've had, like so Burnley, Brighton. You're then looking at we we beat them. We completely outclassed them on mm. Thursday. I thought. I agree. It was a really poor Liverpool performance. We dominated them and looked strong at the back against that front three, and then. You know, Fulham go there yesterday, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of pressure was on Liverpool. But also, Fulham knew they had to go there and try and get a result with everything that had happened around the results this weekend. And again, Liverpool just look. I mean, the goal as well, Jack. What's Mo Salah doing? Don't know, man. Like, why on earth? And I remember just seeing it at the time, thinking, just get it clear. You know, takes that touch, all of a sudden dispossessed, goal. And then from that point on, you know, Liverpool, they just. They, they huffed and they puffed, but there was no sort of end product. And I mean, that must be so frustrating now for Liverpool fans because previously it was all about the defence, how that defence looked. And, you know, that is not a championship retaining defence. That's complete. I completely agree. But at the same time now, you know, you saw it on Thursday, Mo Salah substituted 
you know, who's arguably been their most dangerous player this season, and they're bringing him off after 60 minutes when they need a goal versus us. I found that bizarre. Mm. And I know that, you know, Jurgen Klopp is saying there's nothing behind it, it's just rotation. Well, why would you not keep your best players on the pitch who are the ones who can actually make a difference? I, I find it bizarre. And I mean, yesterday, uh, the, again, that's the worrying thing. He, you know, brings Mane off the bench, but still, it's just starting. There's not that threat there. That front three, which everybody sort of was so worried about last season, was so dangerous. Doesn't look like they've still got that cutting edge. All three of them together, working together, and uh, you're 100 percent right. It is worrying for Jurgen Klopp right now. Really worrying because this title defense is just going. It's going from bad to even worse. And I mean, yeah, but uh, all praise to Scott Parker and Fulham. What a result! Yeah, I mean, so many, me included. So the first game of the season, Arsenal-Fulham, 3-0 Arsenal, I thought, Fulham, may as well write them off now. You may as yep. well put them down I now. I said exactly the same. Etch them back into the championship now. For them, it's not a case of... I'm not going to sit here and claim that they were unlucky at the start and they, they're getting results now. There's, this team has shown real growth throughout the season. Scott mm. Parker's done a great job at, at transitioning ideas and, and styles of play. Uh, to get stuff that's currently working, they're on a decent stretch of form. They're playing well. They're not leaky at the back. I think um, Joachim Anderson, who they who they brought in at centre back, has done a fantastic job recently. Would not yeah. be surprised if he gets a big move either this summer or or next if they hold on to him. Uh, Tosin Adarabayo had a shaky start, but he's been really good recently. Ariola in goal's been really good. They're getting a great run of form and consistency, and you can see the team's starting to gel. The problem with Fulham last time when they were in the Premier League was too many moving parts, all these new players, yeah. and they kept coming in and out, and it just wasn't working. Now it looks like it kind of is. And I think there's a good chance they stay up now. And Out of that bottom rung of teams, we're going to talk about the relegation battle later. Mm. But they're the ones that, they're the form team out of the ones in there. So credit to Scott Parker if he does keep them up. So it's a great job from him. Um, on to... Tottenham Palace, Spurs 4, Crystal Palace 1. Uh, Will, bail back? <laughs> I knew this was coming. I saw the tweet last night and I thought, OK, here we go. He's remembered. Look, fair enough. You, s- But here we go again. I'm going to critique. Down? Are you doubling down? Criti- the two goals, a tap-in and then almost a tap-in from what? Two, me- t- like two yards away, header... I'm not ha- again. I said let's give it a few weeks. Let's see. If- I know he's got what six and six. To- six and was six it yesterday for for Bale Six now. and six now. Look, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's now starting to reap the rewards that people expected of him. But this is what people expected of him. This isn't. This wasn't. You know, everybody had this idea of Bale when he was coming back of how good a player he was going to be. Now he's starting to show signs of it. So. You know, at the end of the day, you're doing your job. Every nobody expected him to be a bit part player, so I think it will be interesting. Look, let's see what the next few weeks bring. Again, this is against a Palace side which have not looked <laughs> yeah, at all fair. strong that's, this season. That's true. So look, as well as as well as he's performed at the moment, yep, fair play. But all I'm saying is, let's give it a run of games and see if it can. T- and I will I will hold my hands up in sort of three games time. If he's still on what episode? Goals. What episode do we have? are you going to give it till we come back to this um, discussion? Well, you, well, we've we we've got an international break coming up, don't we, Jack? I think so. Yeah, I think that's towards the end of the month. I know. 
twentieth. I around think that couple yeah. weeks. Well, okay. Let's give. Let's. I say. Let's give it two more games. Okay. Let's give it two more games. So we'll go to episode ten. Okay. We'll go to episode ten. I'll put my hands up, and if he's still performing, then I will say sorry. Bail back. I'll drop the hashtag, <laughs> and it will be done like that. Uh, well, Bale wasn't the only one that performed last night. Obviously, with royal interviews going around, I think Kane might not be the most publicised Harry this week. He definitely <laughs> does uh, deserve a shout here. Have you just thought of that line on the spot, or is that is that like a is that already scripted? Because that just came across. Ve- that was very Sorry, good, mate. very smooth. Thank you. Uh, but sixteen goals, thirteen assists for uh, Kane this season. It's honestly. Player of the season form that those kind of numbers he's putting up, he's got to be in the conversation. But I think where Tottenham finishes kind of dictates uh, how he stands going into that. But yep. is he the most all-round great player in the Premier League in terms of can do everything? Um, I think I think it'd be difficult to argue against it. Obviously, there's other players with incredible quality. You know, someone like Kevin De Bruyne brings to mind. But I think the thing with Kane is, as a striker, he has that ability. Like He almost has that sort of Wayne Rooney-esque ability, I always thought. when You know how Rooney would always, towards the end of his career, he would sort of drop back and he'd be pinging mm. passes left, right and centre. Kane's able to do that now, but he's also got that, that striker's instinct. He is an incredible player, Jack. I mean, that goal yesterday that he scored... Just outrageous, Special. outside of the box. On yeah, you know, not even a touch. Sweeps it into the far corner. Absolutely beautiful goal. But sometimes you look at that top. Am I surprised he's done that? No, I'm not. And I mean, this is the big thing now. Harry Kane is a great player, and everyone knows it. There were all those questions years ago when he sort of first burst onto the scene, and. People were going, is he going to be a sort of one-season wonder? He's proved he's not. He's proved it at international competitions with England. He's proved he is a great striker. This is the key point now, Jack, regardless of Spurs. If you're Harry Kane, do you stay at Spurs with this intent to try and win them a trophy? Or if a big team, say Manchester United, need a striker and they're pushing for the league and they probably are in a better position squad-wise than Spurs, do they... Does he move? Do you go for the personal accolades or do you go for the trophies? Normally, I think they would always go for the trophies. Kane, I just something about him. I just I can't see him moving unless it's like a guaranteed trophy, like a, a City mm. or even like I don't know, like a Barcelona or something. I don't know if United are a big enough pull anymore for for Kane to throw his Tottenham legacy to one side to to chase a trophy. Are United? A guaranteed trophy club anymore? Well, no, that's a very good point. I think, I think personally, if he, w- I think the big point about him moving is, if he was to move, he would be what maybe, hundred, maybe a hundred twenty, hundred thirty million. You know, with oh, his age considered least, as well. At least. at least, are you getting that money's worth? If you sign, say, Haaland, for example, a younger player has got you know more years in the tank. You know, would you rather spend it on that? Or would you rather spend it on sort of Harry Kane, who right now is in the peak of his career? You know, and and this and this is the thing. I think it's interesting. I think personally, Harry Kane will stay in the Premier League because he can he can definitely go for yeah. Alan Shearer's uh, Premier League goal scoring record. A hundred percent, he can challenge for that. I think, 
I just think there could be a move on the cards. I really do. I don't. I don't see why he would want to just stay and almost waste those years at Spurs, because that's what that's what it will become. If they don't win a trophy, look at the opportunities that he's had. Look at how much he's done for them anyway. You know he. You know he got. They get to that Champions League final, and he must have been thinking after that, even though they didn't win, he must have been thinking, right, this is the start here. I'm going to really start pushing for trophies. We've shown we're intent, the intent we can do it. And again, just not getting through that final hurdle. And, you know, obviously they've still got the League Cup final to come. But even so, if they don't win that, I think I think he's got to look at a move. I think he's way too good a player for Spurs. He deserves to win trophies. Definitely, definitely deserves that, that those club honours on his CV. Uh, also broke a record last night, him and Son. New record for the most uh, goal combinations in Premier League history, beating uh, Sutton and Shearer. I believe it's 14 goals they've got this season with however many, what, 10, 11 games left for them as well. Yeah. Fan- again, shows how fantastic they've both been together this season. And how, Kane, we talk about the numbers Kane's put up, the numbers Son's put up this season, Bale's form... For Tottenham to be where they are in the table, it feel it must feel like a kind of drop ball right now. Yeah, I think it's the consistency of it, isn't it? I think it's the consistency of the team, and you know we've seen they go on a couple of you know they have you know look at earlier in the season they went to Old Trafford and absolutely slapped United, absolutely had them, and then all of a sudden, um, you know they're they're losing games, which you're thinking they're not performing, they're not scoring goals, and. Questions being raised about Jose Mourinho. It's it's a really interesting one with Spurs because you look at their side and you think they should be higher up the table. I think they're into sixth now. Mm. Um, but personally, for me, I think they've got some great quality. I think maybe in defence lets them down. Yeah, at I the agree. back, um, you know, players like Serge Aurier, for example, he doesn't really fill you with confidence as a right back, does he? Matt Doherty's come in from Wolves and he's not really been. The acquisition that I think they were really looking for. I think it's definitely defence they've got to look at. And yeah. like I said, I'm not too sure on Hugo Lloris either. So look, I think that's probably where they've got to look to improve mm-hmm. because at the front, of the, at the front of the pitch, you know, spearheaded by Kane and Son, they are dangerous. Hungmin Son is a phenomenal player as well. You know, and I don't think he gets. I think he gets credit, but not as much as he deserves. He that link up with Kane that he showed. There you go, breaking record again. You know, yesterday with him. They are two phenomenal players, and they've shown it this season. Once again, they've almost carried Spurs to sixth. Yeah, you know they could be way further down. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Now let's, we're going to take a little microscope lens into the uh, relegation battle. We said yes, we, were. we are ten games left. This is something we've debated quite a bit off camera. Who we think's more in danger than others? Yeah. That obviously changes week on week. We'll mm. see what we think now. Current standings right now: Sheffield United. Let's face it. It's not happening. 14 points yeah. for them, bottom of the table. Congratulations for not being the worst Premier League team of all time. <laughs> uh, West Brom next with 18 points. Fulham, 26 points. So in the bottom three, as we mentioned earlier, on that good form. Brighton, 26 points. Newcastle, 27. I've lobbed in Burnley there as well, 30 points. Oh, above them, Southampton and Palace, about 33, 34 points. But would take a monumental chasm of fortunes for either of them mm. two to go down, I'd say. Uh, also worth mentioning that out of them, Newcastle and Brighton both have a game in hand, but the game in hand is against each other, which is yeah. so so big in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, yeah. That that I mean, if if one of them loses that, that could be fatal. That could be really fatal for for either of their seasons. 
we're gonna have to put our neck on the lines here will yep right now i think we can go into it a bit delve into it i i assume we both think that sheffield united and west brom are going down yeah uh, I would agree so, with that. so it's a case of who we think that third relegated team will be. In my mind, uh, as you know, I'm a big Graham Potter stan. We've mentioned this on the pod over the last few weeks. Yeah, we have. The results aren't going his way. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie. Uh, every single week. I think I've realised I have I've, the, the amount of sympathy I have for, for Potter and Brighton is because I see similar things with Arsenal every week. As I, I see the potential in a team ruined by individual yep. errors every single week. As we, we mentioned, Burnley there, Burnley won Arsenal one. Arsenal dominated the game for the first half, and Granit Xhaka buried it off Chris Wood to, to gift Burnley an equaliser. We couldn't get back in it from there. I feel I see similarities, yeah. um, parallels between Arsenal and Brighton. So I, I, I think that sympathy is just carrying too much faith in my mind. I think Newcastle's that third team that goes down. I mean, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, start of the season, I'll be honest with you. I I, I said to my I said Sheffield United are going down. I thought they would be found out this season. That sort of second season syndrome. It's been proved right. They just have not got going. And I know that people are going, oh, but Jan McConnell got injured, and what? No, go I'm out not, and sign I'm not someone then. I'm not having that. You've been terrible all season. They did. They signed Phil Jagielka, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Go, go down, you know. And that's the thing. They're they're done now. I think West Brom, uh, right was on the wall for them. Um, and I mean, you have to say, even with Sam Allardyce there, there have been results where they, you know, they've managed to get clean sheets, and but still, it's not been the turnaround they wanted. And you know, the players that they've brought in haven't really been able to help them that much. So, so I think they're done as well. I agree. And then it is this final spot, isn't it? I think, you, I mean, you mentioned there, I think Palace and Southampton are out. I think they're safe. Okay. Um, but I think it was huge that Southampton grabbed that result at Sheffield United. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise they are drawn right back into Definitely. it. Um, and I think, I agree with you, at the start of the season, I saw that Fulham-Arsenal game and I thought, Fulham, what is this defending? This is shambolic. This is literally Sunday league. Um, when you're letting William get assists for fun, you know there's problems on the pitch. But since then, you're right. Scott Parker and what he's been able to do and how they've managed to pick up results. And you look at it and you have to say, I think Fulham will be safe. I think they will have be safe. And I know that people have spoken about the experience of Newcastle as a team and that may get them out. For me, it's between Newcastle and Brighton or who goes down. And I'm going to... I think it's going to be Newcastle. And the only reason I think it's going to be Newcastle is Callum Wilson, Alan Sam Maximan, and Miguel Almiron. They're three key attacking players, all injured. Yeah. Probably not going to be back until maybe mid April. That is a huge issue, a huge issue for them. And, you know, you saw it. You know, you saw it in that West Brom Newcastle game yesterday where I may as well have been asleep. I may as well have been asleep. Uh, that is a game that I should not have even bothered to glance my eyes at, but unfortunately I did and wasted 90 minutes of my life. But th- again, they just showed that West, Bre- West Brom outplayed them for the majority yeah, of the game. West completely. Brom had all the chances. Yeah. And I've, I, I just think, you know, Steve Bruce come in for a lot of criticism. There's been this whole thing about the training ground bust up, the morale of the squad. Is it really there supporting him? I think it could be trouble for um, Newcastle. I think... 
it's between them and Brighton, and I think you're right. Brighton, I'm nowhere near as big a Graham Potter fan as you are. I think they are, I think he's, yeah, you know, you're looking at this, they have picked up no results, and each week you have backed him <laughs> and said, yeah, they're just, they're just not getting the chance, they can't finish him. Well, oh, they're getting the chances, <laughs> don't, they're, don't they're get getting me the wrong, they're, they're just, getting the chances. They're getting the chances, they're just not finishing him. showed it against Leicester as well, you know, Lana hits the post, he has another great opportunity, spurned it, you know, uh, spurned it wide, I think it was. You know, they're getting opportunities, they're just not taking them. I think it's going to be between Brighton and Newcastle. I just think, Newcastle, they don't have those key players available right now when it's crucial. I think this run-in that we'll see, and I mean, you, you've just said it there, Newcastle-Brighton, what a huge game that is. Is that at St. James's Park or is it at um, the Amex? You know? I, I want to say Amex, but I, I can't quote me on that. I'm not I too mean, sure. And I, mean, I don't think it makes much you... difference at this point. No, it doesn't. it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, like you say, Newcastle... The thing is, this is what's made my decision. Brighton... You can see where the goals could come from. They just have to actually score them. Newcastle, yeah. there's just nothing there to see, oh, well, if they score that, they have no chances. They don't create no, they don't. anything in these games. And with and it, as especially with those front three out, their most dangerous player is Joe Willock at the minute, going forward. Yeah. Imagine if they hadn't brought him in. Yeah, I mean, well, you've yeah. got... Uh, Mr. Joe, Joe Linton, uh, who's £40 million, has to be up there, one of the worst Premier League signings of all time. Andy I mean, Carroll sat there on rough, the bench getting. He came on for 30 seconds to waste time to get the nil-nil against West Brom. Uh, Dwight Gale, sure, he'll get you out of trouble a couple times, but he's not. He's not that goal scorer. He's not a Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson's carried them to where they are this season, right now. Yeah. Uh, and this is the thing, right? So many. I know there's this whole debate about Newcastle as a club, and you know fans don't believe fans believe they're a big team. And that they should be challenging for Europe. I don't think they're. I don't think they're. Um, they should be in a relegation battle. I don't think they should be anywhere near it with the, the the size of the club they are. But I have to disagree. You are not a European challenging club. I'm. And I don't. I don't think they are. I think they expect so much more of what. What have they shown in recent years? The best that they've really done in recent years was under Pardew, wasn't it? Yeah. It was under Pardew, and then they get, and then they give him a what seven eight, year, eight, eight year, year contract, eight year contract that's yeah. just come up. Sat in the next I mean, season, like, and this is the thing. It's like it just feels like it's always, and I know there's been these issues with the ownership of the club. Yeah, but at the same time, do you not look at it, Jack, and think, you know, Mike Ashley for the amount of stick that he gets. Did he not blow forty million on Joel Linton? He Whoever did. wanted Joel Linton, I don't know who wanted it. Was Bruce, it was Brucey. He buys Callum Wilson, you know. He brings in Ryan Fraser. They they made all right signings this summer. Yeah. They brought in Jamal Lewis from Norwich. You know, they you know, they obviously brought in St Maximum. They've got I feel like they've got decent decent enough players, probably need to improve in some areas. They shouldn't be fighting relegation, but is that is that a squad that should be challenging for Europe? No. No, but it's the, it's the size of the club, isn't it? The stadium, the area, the everything. It's it's the embodiment of Newcastle that that's what makes the recent season so disappointing. But Sunderland have a big enough stadium, and they're in League One. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not so sure. I just don't I just don't think they're. It's like when West Ham fans have always made out they're a big club, and I'm thinking, are you? Who told you that? Because I think you got the wrong memo. <laughs> I mean, like, you're in the Olympic Stadium, and that's about it. I mean, now they're proving me wrong. David Moyes <laughs> really had me on toast now with their form this season. 
but no, I'm I'm just not really buying it. I don't I don't think they I don't think Newcastle have really proved that they deserve to be, you know, a a, a, a club that right now should be challenging for Europe. Who said they should be anywhere close to that? Yeah, well, can't wait for that Brighton Newcastle game and and for the talk after it. I'm sure yeah, the, yeah. the picture will be a lot clearer. Well, yeah, I mean, we can either slate Newcastle or you're able to, you know, well, I'm, really I'm big a, up a Potter. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week's show is uh, sandwiched uh, between two big derbies. Manchester derby happened yesterday, 2-0, and then uh, Sunday coming up, it's the North London derby. Had us thinking, yeah. here we go again. Top five's back for the second week in a row. Top five oh. UK derbies in football. Yeah. There's a lot to pick from here. I can't lie. We've both gone away. We've picked our lists. We're not worried about sameies this time. There's not enough. No, no, we're There's not. There's not enough no, to, not. Uh, to to split them up. Um, Will, you did such a good job going first last time. Would you like to do it again? Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, I think it's important to say that these derbies that I picked, these are the ones that sort of are my sort of favourite that I would look out for. That I would, you know, if I see that it's on the TV, I want to watch these. Okay. Um, that's why I've gone with them. Obviously, there's so many that you can choose from. These are my list. So, I'll start with number five. And I'm going back to Newcastle. It's the Tyne Weir Derby. And the reason why I like this one and thinking back to sort of previous memories of it, I feel like there is that real sort of passion between the fans when I watch it. It's one of those that does lure me in. And, you know, for me, it reminds me of, um, you know, Kevin Nolan doing the chicken dance when they want, yeah, he's bringing the chicken out. The 5-1 win. And then, you know, I think it was 2013, you know, Paolo Di Canio's second game. And, you know, he's he's on the knees. They won it, you know, Sunderland winning 3-0 at St. James's Park. And I remember there was another game as well. Jermaine Defoe scored an absolute screamer. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they're, they're games which, you know, sometimes they, but like all derbies, they can be tense. But those moments as well, you can feel like the real passion in the stadium, the real support. And that's why, you know, documentaries such as like Sunderland Till I Die are so great. But... No, that's not my number five. I'm going time weir. Um, my number four, I'm going for the Merseyside derby. Oh, okay. I'm going Merseyside derby. And it might be surprising why it's in number four, not a bit higher. Look, it's had good moments, but I feel like it's always one of those which, you know, it has, yeah, it has great moments. You think back to, um, you know, Luis Suarez absolutely mugging oh. David Moyes off for fun, doing Iconic. the dive in front of him feisty challenges as well but I feel like in recent years especially I obviously know that you know only a couple of weeks ago Everton finally beat them um, since 99 mm. I think it was Old uh, Anfield sorry the last time they did it for me it's always one of those which sort of just la- over the last few years lacks entertainment there's been quite a few nil nils I remember or just like there's not that real attacking sense I don't know I've maybe it's Maybe I'm remembering it because there hasn't been any fans at the last at the last couple mm. or so. But for me, it just it lacks that. It's still a great derby, don't get me wrong. But I just feel like it used to be great, and yeah. now it's sort of stuttered over the last few years as Liverpool have improved and sort of Everton have um, decreased. Um, so that's my number four, okay. the Merseyside. Number three, the Manchester derby. Okay. So the Manchester derby, um, I think it's it's had it's had great moments over the years. You know, iconic moments. You remember that sort of you know the six one. Yeah. You know Mario Balotelli pulling the shirt over. Why always me? You had the Rooney overhead kick. 
there's always that feisty nature with the Manchester derby, which I've liked. And I love those derbies where you are thinking, is someone going to get sent off today? Is there going to be a bit of bite? You know, I love those. And that's why I think the Manchester derby has a bit of that. But like I said, again, in recent years, obviously, no, it was 2-0 yesterday. But it, I don't know, it, at times it has been quite dull. But I mean, there was one a couple of years ago, I remember, with... Um, didn't United weren't they like two nil down? Two down, Paul yeah. Popper then, yeah. And Paul Pogba comes back. You yeah. know, moments like that really entertaining games at times. So I'm going to go Manchester derby um, at my number three. Cool. My number two, the North London derby, Arsenal Spurs, and I like this one because you know it always makes you know my brother's a Spurs fan. It always reminds me of sitting in the kitchen because Mum had banned us from watching it in the lounge. <laughs> Um, and watching it on a tiny TV in the kitchen and seeing Danny Rose oh. absolutely absolutely swaz one on his debut. Oh, it was incredible. It's to Danny watch Rose it. on his Premier it's League da- debut. <laughs> haunted. I mean, it was, haunted it, in the back of I my mind. I can imagine you are. I can imagine you are. It was a great moment. But I feel like there, you know, there's been you know, I feel like there's always some goals in a North London derby. Mm. Maybe the stats would prove me wrong, but I always find it entertaining. I mean, like you know, last season um, wasn't didn't Alderweireld was it an equaliser or was it a late winner? Well, do you mind picking one of our moments? Mm. <laughs> I mean, look, okay. Well, how, about, how about the moment? One. How about the moment when Cesc Fabregas? He Here scores one. Sky's coverage aren't even quick enough to see him score a second. <laughs> He's in again. The it's replays. Fabregas. <laughs> He's already watching. The, they're already watching the replays of the first. Sest is oh. in again for a second. What yeah. So I mean, that's the thing. I always feel like great atmospheres with North London derbies, and you know, especially you know, you look back to the times when it was sort of you know Wenger. You know Wenger. You had a, the long list of Spurs mm. managers going through. But I feel like you always really had those entertaining games with the North London derby. So, yeah, I'm going North London number two. And then the iconic number one. I'm going for Aston Villa versus Birmingham City. Wow. As my number one. And I'll explain why. I've actually been to this derby. I have to say, I sound like... Have you ever seen that little meme of that kid where he's like, the atmosphere was electric. <laughs> it was electric. It was electric. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the atmosphere was completely electric. I've never seen anything in, in my life. I felt like that kid at that game because I think I went, I think it was around 2017. It was at Villa Park. Villa won 1 0. Gabby Agbon Lahore, a cult legend for Villa, scoring it against Blues. And in recent years, th- these are games which, you know, they haven't been so common in recent years with sort of them, them juggling between, you know, Villa juggling between the Premier League, the Championship, Blues as well. And. You know, obviously we saw in recent um, only was it last year, the year uh, a couple of years ago with the Jack Grealish, you know, yeah. being hit on the pitch. You know, crazy moments yeah. like that. There was a real hatred between Villa and Blues fans, and I remember that whole game. Just it was incredible atmosphere, and I remember Gabriel Bonlahor scored, and we're in the whole end behind it, and you know every you know random geezers are just absolutely hauling me into their arms. I mean, thrown around like a rag doll. Um, my friend Freddie, he gets um, he falls back into a child and the child starts crying, and I remember um, the like the uh, the dad goes to the child, you know, um, why are you crying? He's like, oh, uh, he he fell into me celebrating the goal, and the dad was like, well, grow up, sell it, you know, he picked him <laughs> up and starts throwing him around himself, you know. It was one of the, it was a great atmosphere that derby as well. You just saw, I think it's had great moments as well in the past. Um, yeah, that for me is my number one Villa Blues. 
Okay, wasn't expecting it from you, but of course, family roots into Villa. I should have probably yeah, expected yeah, it. Uh, it was like it was either that or something Chelsea, but Chelsea barely have a rivalry, so we don't really have any. No. Fulham, Fulham down the road. Yeah. I'd rather watch paint dry. Yeah. <laughs> Fulham want to have a rivalry, but that's about it. All right, time for my top five then. Let's I've, go. I've left out some big names, but. Um, this would be interesting compared to yours, actually. There's, I mean, I'm less confident than I was with last week's outrageous goals list, I think. Because okay. uh, it, it was tough to pick. I've missed off some some games I do like. But let's see, let's see. Number five, my number five, uh, matches yeah. your number five. Number five, time we're Derby, Sunderland, Newcastle. The thing with okay. the North East is, no matter how poor the teams are, and my God, can they be poor, the fans are always so passionate about the clubs. And that's emphasised no clearer than when the two biggest teams in the area square off. Always huge atmosphere in the stadiums, the big roaring grounds. We mentioned them earlier, St. James's Park, Stadium of Light. Great moments, as you said, you'd list up. I was going to mention the Jermaine Defoe goal. Huge, yep. huge moment. What a goal that was. But yeah, number five, Sunderland, Newcastle, time where? Number four, Liverpool versus Manchester United. Hear me out. Okay. The, the gimmick of being the two most successful clubs in the country going against each other is a winner. It's an unbeatable one. It's it's one that's always going to carry it. It always feels like a big occasion. Why is it not higher on the list? The games are always quite bad. Quite bad <laughs> games. Uh, it feels like it rarely lives up to the hype. Recently, especially. Real poor games in the last few seasons. But the atmosphere is normally very good. It Like you said, for the Manchester derby, always a bit of bite there. Uh, between the between the two teams, I think. Yeah. And the reason I've put this in above the, the other two is both Liverpool fans, players, past, present, same with Man United, care much more about this than they do the Manc derby and the Merseyside derby. They've said it themselves. Mm. It's, it's, it's been said multiple times by all of them. Therefore, I think it's only fair to put this at a higher pedestal than them two. Even if the other two put on more uh, entertaining games from time to time. Number three is where I've put the second city derby, Aston Villa, Birmingham. Okay. Uh, one of the purest inner city derbies in the country. You mentioned the incident a couple of years ago, the idiot Birmingham fan running on clogging yeah. Jack Grealish in the back of the head. He goes on to score the winner. Crowd goes ballistic. Fantastic moment. It's a shame they don't, they're not playing each other much recently. If Birmingham go down this year, could be a long, long time before they next yeah, play you have, each other. You're having to wait for cup draws, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I mean, for some reason, the moment I remember most is the iconic uh, Olaf Melberg does the throw in and it goes under Peter yes. Enkelman's foot. And yes. you just see him just stare up to the sky as <laughs> a Birmingham fan races, <laughs> races around him and claps him. <laughs> What a moment. Oh. Great derby, always a big occasion. Number two, yeah. can't believe it's not major one. Old Firm, Celtic Rangers. Yeah. Okay, Will, you know I berate Scottish football as much as the next man. Mm. And the next man being you. Uh, but whether it's Ibrox, Celtic Park, the place is unglued when the Old Firm comes around. Uh, hampered by the fact they play each other about every other week. Uh, but, yeah. Seeing the back and forth of, of reaction online as Rangers uh, won the league this past weekend, it just shows what it means to get one over on each other. The the, the 10 years of hurt for Rangers to, to build themselves up from the, the new build-up to, to title winners again. The, the love for those two clubs in there. Scottish fans 
do it right in terms of treating these days as they deserve to be. But it's Scottish football. It can't win it for me. Number one, stay loyal. It's the North London derby. I mean, come okay. on. Okay. Come on, rivalry born from Arsenal seeing that there were no big clubs in North London, finding the gap in the market, moving from Woolwich over to Highbury and then realising Tottenham were down the road. Um, <laughs> iconic moments you've mentioned. And as you said, you said, I'm not sure if if it's just like a feeling, but I feel like they're high scoring games. There's high scoring games all over this fixture. 5-4 back in uh, 04, 05. We've beaten 5-2 twice in, in two years. Uh, 3-2 Spurs coming from 2-0 down at the Emirates. Uh, 4-2 recently at the Emirates uh, under Unai Emery. It's just, there's goals all over this game. Great mm. moments as well. I, I won't leave out any Tottenham moments. You mentioned the, the Danny Rose goal is is iconic in its own right. Harry Kane, where he's got the mask on. And he scores the great goal and he's ripping the mask off to celebrate. Yeah. Um, Henri, knee sliding to the Tottenham fans. What an iconic picture that is. It's yeah. just a, it's a fun derby. It's such a fun derby to to be a part of day in, and day out compared to the others. It's the number one. It's the most entertaining for me. Therefore, takes the top position for mine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a very strong list. Um, I I agree. The old firm for me. Look, it came into my thinking, but at the same time, I was thinking these are games that am I interested in watching on the TV? That's fair. It's very rare. I actually yeah. think to myself, oh, it's Celtic Rangers. I'll throw that on the box. It just doesn't. I know it's a huge game, and you you see the sort of that passion between the fans, but I it, it just doesn't give me that buzz to go. Yeah, I'm gonna you know watch it for ninety minutes. And let like you say, let me they play each other question. every two weeks. Let me throw a different question. Uh, if someone offered you a ticket to go to Celtic Rangers, well, am I having to pay? I mean. It's probably cheaper. I've just it? put it back on you, though. I've just put it back. On... <laughs> probably... Is it a free ticket? It's probably cheaper. If it was than all free, the other games. I'd go. If it was free, depending on the price. If somebody went, oh, do you want to go to Celtic Rangers for a hundred quid? I go, no. I would one hundred percent want to see. I would, I would love to see the old firm in the flesh. I'd love to. I'd love to see the atmosphere of it. Yeah, but yeah. I think it just depends on how much I, I'd I really think, want to pay. I think atmosphere is a huge part of it. I think it's a huge mm. part of oh, it. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, one honourable mentions for me. I I, I kind of wanted to fit in the Steel City derby, the Sheffield United Sheffield Wednesday. Yes, I, I I was always quite interested in that when that one came about. Not, I mean, I didn't have enough to to go off though. In in terms of like yeah, the four, the I mean, four look, two at Hillsborough was a fantastic game, but other I was than that, thinking about enough to to pick. I was thinking about Forest derby. Yeah, and I thought, am I really going yeah. to put this in? No, because every time I was in knots and that game happened, it Rough was game. dull as dishwater. Yeah. Uh, apparently Norwich Ipswich is a great atmosphere. Really? Apparently in East Lang- Yeah, the Yankees. I know there's a, I know there's a hot rivalry there. I didn't realize there was an atmosphere yeah, yeah, about it. Yeah, apparently that's not too bad. Apparently there's a big atmosphere for those. Yeah, the Tractor Boys. Uh, well, hopefully I can get those up in the future. We'll see who's list. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I think I'm going to get some hate for not having the old firm in. Maybe. I mean, I've I've uh, I've kind of pandered to the loyalists with mine. Damn, I should have put Swansea Cardiff in to support the Welsh. <laughs> damn, getting back on the side. <laughs> uh, well, if we did, if we look bad, then uh, it's time for predictions. <laughs> we'll we have to yeah. face up to it. I, I tweeted it out last night on the on the pick that one out Twitter. Yeah. For the first time in eight weeks, nil nil in the predictions. Awful. Okay. It's reprehensible stuff from the both of us. Yeah. 14-14 remains the score on the door. 
for the season. It's tight though. It keeps interesting. Yeah. So, like West Brom, Newcastle, no chances. Yeah. But so we, we still do, we in don't that make, scrap. We don't want to make it too easy for ourselves. If we just put, no, we, if we put a West Brom, Newcastle every week, <laughs> we just get three points on the daily. Um, now the we the reason that we won't have Barcelona, PSG, or uh, Leipzig, Liverpool predictions this week. We've already done them. I want to venture out into yep. new games. I think yeah, that's yeah, fair that's enough, isn't it? Uh, so we are really delving into uncharted territories here. The first one's in the Europa League uh, last sixteen Ooh. on Thursday. Manchester United, AC Milan. Yeah, the, um, the size of the clubs is big. Europa League it doesn't feel like the right stage for it, but. Might see a good game. Will, what are you thinking? Um, I think it's... I mean, it's a first leg. Yeah. So I think it could be quite cagey. Um, and, you know, I think AC Milan will be looking for that away goal. Um, I think it's going to be quite... I think it's going to be tight. I'm going to go 1-0 United. I'm going to go with the stat padder, Bruno Fernandes, oh. because he always seems to come through with a goal somehow or one way or another, a free kick, a penalty... Um, so I'm going to go with Bruno Fernandes. I'm going to go 1-0 United. I think they'll get uh, take a lead to uh, to Italy for the second. Uh, I agree. I think uh, AC Milan, not in the form they were at the start of the season. Like what they're doing there uh, under Inzaghi, building a young team mm. around Ibrahimovic. Quite a nice move. Um, I don't think Ibrahimovic is fit, though, for it. I, I, I think he, okay. he's not making it. I, I'm not 100% on that, but I feel like I've read that at some point. shows the research okay. that goes into these predictions. Oh, it's, it's I'm gonna go. I'm going to go 2-0 United. Okay. Uh, thinking about who might play for United in the Europa League. I, I'm going to go Marcus. I'm going to go Marcus Rashford goal. Okay. He's my goal scorer. Okay. Uh, yeah. Up to the Premier League then. Saturday, Chelsea leads. The uh, perennial entertainers versus mm. Chelsea. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's at the bridge. That's or slander. Road. No, the last one was three-one uh, Chelsea dominated was, the yeah. the uh, the chances in that one after conceding early. Oh, I'm gonna go for because it's weird because you're not seeing many high-scoring Tuchel Chelsea games, mm. but it's Leeds. Um, I'm gonna go two-one Chelsea here. I think Leeds can nick something here. Okay. Uh, sticking with my, my newly found boy, Mason Mount. He's on cracking form recently. It's, it's Great tough to form. bet against him. Masonio Mount, yeah. Big money. Um, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one. A 12.30 kickoff. Obviously, the last time we played him, we actually took ourselves to the top of the league and then look mm. what's changed since then. Um, I mean, for me, you're right. I think there is there is going to be some goals in it. Um Again, Tuchel, they're not high-scoring games. But I just feel like Leeds give you an expansive way to play and just and give you opportunities. Um, I'm going to back the boys. I'm going to go 3-1 Chelsea. Um, and I'm going to go for the Leeds scorer. Once again, I have no clue who can score for Chelsea <laughs> at the moment other than Mason Mount. Uh, I'm going to go Leeds scorer. I'm going to go Pat Bamford. Yeah, safe pick. for. Um, if he scored for against... Score. He took, took, the Leeds against uh, took the lead against us You know when we last played. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Pat to score. So uh, I, I was yeah, tempted. Three one Chelsea. I was tempted with Rafinha to be honest. Cracking form from him. He's he's mm, yeah, looked yeah, fantastic yeah, signing in recent weeks. But Pat Bamford, a, a good enough pick for uh, for a Leeds goal score if you're ever going to get one. Finally, we bigged it up in the in the last segment. North London derby on Sunday at the Emirates. Arsenal Tottenham will mm. give me the news. 
I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs. I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs. And the reason why is I'm look at two players. I look at Harry Kane and I look at Son. Not Bale? And I just think they are too good. I just think they're too good with their link-up. They create opportunities. They take opportunities as well. They're clinical. And I th- so I'm going to go Harry Kane to score. I'm going to go 3-1. I just think they're too strong for you, Jack. I'm sorry. It's We've come into this one at a uh, bad time. Um, <laughs> Tottenham have hit their form into the North London derby yet again. We couldn't have faced them after their six losses in a row. No. We have to do it after their slapping teams left and right. Um, yeah. All the front lines in form. We are gifting goals away. Mourinho versus Arsenal always leads to counter-attacking wins for him. Uh, it decided writing's on the wall. I can't lie. I'd love to give us a win here, but I just can't see it. Can, what are you going for? Can I back us enough for a draw? Even I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if I can with the form that front three's on. And the form that our defence is I can on. just tell the pain. The pain that you're doing I'm going, I'm going decision. I'm going 2-1 Tottenham. Uh, okay. Who did you say, Kane? I said Kane. I'll go Bale. To, just to <laughs> double, double down. <laughs> double down on oh, you if he does score. Score now. Score now. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I'm a man that knows the narrative. And uh, the narrative's there. Yeah, I mean, win-win, really. Either take the prediction points or take the actual points. So exactly, yeah. You know, you've got to be tactical in do. these games. We come to an end then. Before we close out, I'd like to remind everyone uh, to remind uh, to uh, check out the rest of our platforms. Obviously, we've uh, made it onto YouTube for all these past seven now eight weeks. I want to yeah. crank them views up, get the subscribers up. We keep telling to share it out. Just get it out there. What are you doing? Why are you still sat here when you could be out there telling them about the Pick That One Out podcast? Keep listening on Spotify and, uh, and Apple Podcasts if that's your preferred method for podcasting. Uh, Twitter, at PTTOPod, if you want to see us mug each other off uh, on the regs based on poor takes from the week before, <laughs> get on there. Also on TikTok, at Pick That One Out, where all the um, best moments, top fives, will eventually uh, be on. Okay, Breakfast Club, then the uh, Grilled Crumpets and Marmite. Yeah, it sounds good from from what you were you were giving yep. off before. Is it a table topper though, considering the the high scores in recent weeks? Yeah, obviously Panarazon is the one to be. Mm. Um, these Marmite crumpets, it doesn't really get much better for me. I'm going to go nine point five. Wow. Um, yeah, nine point five. Um, the the only reason I'm letting it down is um, you know obviously when you have got a hot crumpet, mm. you can always make the plates just a bit damp. Um, so you know you don't want that at the end no, of the day. Of so not. at the end of that, it's a tabletop jack. It's a nine point five. Great showing from the Marmite crumpets. I'm ready for work. I can tell you that right now. Man with a palate. Crumpet Marmite <laughs> nine point five. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Say no it's more. A dream. Uh, talk sport. Is there any point anymore? The Breakfast Club's just become breakfast. <laughs> Will just eats breakfast and says what he likes. This is what I predicted would happen seven <laughs> long weeks ago. <laughs> and it's exactly where we've ended up. I can't wait to see episode 80 and to see where, where you're at then. It's just going to be me drinking some water <laughs> and just say, yeah, it's an no, ice mate. water for me today. Mate, that was two weeks ago. <laughs> you done that. 
That was episode six. You've got we've already, we've already come there. That's full time on episode eight. If you uh, if you want to keep up with Breakfast Club, then make sure to get back every week. I, I can't wait to see how we uh, can how we can progress from oh, here. It's thrilling. What will season the we Breakfast can, Island we'll find at, a way. We'll at find Tesco's a way. every week? Thank you for joining us anyway. We will see you next time. Thank you and to our.